you are now tuned into World War II Stories. I'm your host, Steve Matthews, and I'm here to take you on a journey through the whirlwind of historical events that shaped our world and defined generations. Stay tuned every Tuesday and Thursday as we delve into the riveting, inspiring, and sometimes tragic stories from World War II. We'll meet the brave men and women who stood up to tyranny, we'll explore clandestine operations and daring escapes, and we'll pay tribute to the resilience of the human spirit in times of extreme adversity. Also, be sure to check out our other podcast focusing on World War I, the conflict that set the stage for the global turmoil that followed. Use the link in the description below. In the spring of 1940, as the world grappled with the ravages of World War II, a nation once known for its grandeur and glory stood on the brink of catastrophe. France, a land of rich history, cultural heritage, and formidable military prowess, found itself facing an unprecedented threat from the relentless German war machine. The fall of France in World War II would become a story of tragedy, courage, and ultimate redemption. As Adolf Hitler's Nazi Germany continued its relentless conquest across Europe, the eyes of the world turned towards France. The memories of the First World War still lingered, scars etched into the collective consciousness of the French people. Determined to avoid another devastating conflict, the French government embraced a defensive strategy, the mighty Maginot Line. A formidable series of fortifications and defensive structures, it was hailed as a symbol of invincibility, a barrier to protect the nation's soil from invasion. Little did they know that Hitler and his generals were plotting a daring strategy that would render the mighty Maginot Line obsolete. In May 1940, the German war machine unleashed the Blitzkrieg, a lightning-fast and overwhelming attack that caught the French off guard. The Belgian army fell swiftly and the Germans bypassed the supposedly impenetrable Maginot Line, shattering the illusion of security. What followed was a series of harrowing chapters in the story of France's fall. The British Expeditionary Force found itself trapped on the beaches of Dunkirk, facing imminent destruction. But through a daring evacuation operation, the spirit of resilience began to emerge as civilian boats sailed across treacherous waters to rescue hundreds of thousands of soldiers. The fall of Paris, the jewel of France, dealt a devastating blow to the nation's morale. The Vichy regime, collaborating with the Nazis, sought to maintain a semblance of order under occupation, but pockets of resistance began to form. The French resistance, led by figures such as Jean Moulin, fought a covert war, carrying out acts of sabotage, intelligence gathering, and inspiring hope in a nation gripped by fear. Yet, as the war raged on, the tides slowly began to turn. The Allies achieved significant victories, and the French resistance played a vital role in gathering intelligence and aiding the liberation plans. Finally, the moment of liberation arrived, as Paris was freed from the clutches of the German occupiers. It was a moment of jubilation, marking the end of a dark era and the beginning of a journey towards rebuilding and redemption. I am your host, Steve Matthews. Join us as we delve into the captivating history of France's fall in World War II. Witness the struggles, the sacrifices, and the indomitable spirit of the French people.
experienced the gripping tales of heroism and resistance against overwhelming odds. And discover how a nation, shattered and humbled, rose from the ashes to reclaim its rightful place in the annals of history. This is the story of France's fall and ultimate triumph, a testament to the enduring human spirit in the face of unimaginable adversity. In the spring of 1940, France stood at a crossroads. The scars of the First World War still haunted the nation, and the French government was determined to avoid a repeat of the devastating conflict. Led by Prime Minister Édouard Daladier, France embraced a defensive strategy known as the Maginot Line. Stretching along the country's eastern border, development of the Maginot Line began in the aftermath of World War I, when France faced the daunting task of rebuilding and fortifying its defenses. The memories of the devastating trench warfare and the loss of life during the war fueled a determination to protect the country from future invasions. The concept of a fortified line along the French-German border was not entirely new. France had already constructed a series of fortifications in the late 19th century, known as the Sire de Rivera system. However, these fortifications proved to be insufficient during World War I, as advances in military technology and tactics rendered them obsolete. Under the leadership of André Maginot, the French Minister of War from 1922 to 1924 and again from 1929 to 1932, the idea of a more comprehensive defensive system took shape. Maginot was deeply influenced by his experiences as a soldier during World War I and was determined to ensure the security of France. The Maginot Line was designed to take advantage of the natural terrain and geographical features along the French-German border. The construction involved a combination of concrete fortifications, underground tunnels, and heavily fortified positions. The line stretched from the Swiss border in the east to the Ardennes Forest in the west, covering a distance of approximately 800 kilometers, 500 miles. The fortifications of the Maginot Line comprised a series of interconnected strongpoints, or overages, each strategically positioned to defend key approaches and potential invasion routes. The strongpoints featured artillery emplacements, machine gun posts, and underground barracks to house the garrison troops. They were equipped with state-of-the-art weapons and communication systems for effective defense. The construction of the Maginot Line was an immense undertaking employing thousands of workers over a span of years. The fortifications were built to withstand artillery bombardment, aerial attacks, and infantry assaults. The complex network of underground tunnels allowed for efficient movement of troops, ammunition, and supplies, ensuring the defensive capabilities of the line. The Maginot Line was seen as a symbol of French strength and deterrence, designed to discourage any potential aggressor from invading French territory. It represented a defensive mindset, rooted in the belief that a well-fortified border would serve as an effective defense against enemy incursions. However, the development of the Maginot Line had its limitations. The line focused primarily on defending the eastern border with Germany, leaving the northern and southern flanks relatively exposed. Additionally, the line's static nature and heavy reliance on fixed fortifications made it vulnerable to new tactics, such as the German Blitzkrieg, which emphasized speed, maneuverability, 
in the bypassing of heavily fortified positions. However, the Maginot Line proved to be a strategic mistake. While it provided a sense of security, it also lulled the French into a false sense of complacency. They believed that the line would deter any German invasion attempts. Little did they know that Adolf Hitler and his generals were already planning a bold and audacious strategy that would render the Maginot Line obsolete. Ultimately, the Maginot Line's strategic impact was diminished by the German invasion through the Ardennes Forest, where the line was less developed. Germany's blitzkrieg on France during World War II was a lightning-fast and devastating military campaign that took the French by surprise and ultimately led to the fall of their nation. It was a demonstration of the effectiveness of German military strategy, coordination, and the innovative use of combined arms tactics. The Blitzkrieg, meaning lightning war in German, was a revolutionary concept that relied on swift and overwhelming force to achieve rapid victories. It involved the coordinated use of armored divisions, mechanized infantry, and close air support to punch through enemy lines, disrupt communications, and encircle opposing forces. The German invasion of France, known as Case Yellow or the Manstein Plan, was launched on May 10. 1940. It involved a series of audacious maneuvers and surprise attacks that bypassed the heavily fortified Maginot Line and targeted the weak points in the French defensive positions. The German strategy relied on several key elements to achieve success. First and foremost, speed and mobility were paramount. German panzer divisions, equipped with fast and well-armored tanks, spearheaded the attacks. These tanks were supported by motorized infantry, artillery, and close air support from the Luftwaffe. The Germans exploited the Ardennes Forest, a region believed to be impassable by large-scale armored units, to launch their main assault. This unexpected move caught the French off guard and allowed the Germans to penetrate deep into French territory, dividing the French and British forces. The French and British troops positioned further north along the Belgian border, were unable to effectively respond to the swift German advance. The Allied troops found themselves outmaneuvered, outgunned, and lacking adequate anti-tank defenses to counter the German armored divisions. The Germans capitalized on this weakness, encircling and isolating large portions of the Allied forces. The Luftwaffe played a crucial role in the Blitzkrieg by providing air superiority as the German Blitzkrieg surged forward, neighboring Belgium became the first victim of their onslaught. The Belgian army, though valiant, was ill-prepared to face the might of the German war machine. The German Blitzkrieg tactics and superior firepower quickly overran the Belgian defenses, bypassing heavily fortified positions and outflanking the Belgian forces. The German forces employed a combination of air attacks, artillery bombardment, and ground assaults to weaken and subdue the Belgian resistance. The Belgian army was gradually pushed back, and key strategic positions fell to the advancing German troops. As the German forces advanced, the Belgian government was forced into exile, seeking refuge in Britain. The fall of Belgium had a significant impact on the overall situation in Europe. It exposed the northern flank of France and opened up a pathway for the German forces to strike at France from the west. 
the rapid collapse of Belgium not only weakened the Allied position but also dealt a blow to the morale of the French and British forces. The fall demonstrated the speed and efficiency of the German blitzkrieg strategy and raised doubts about the effectiveness of traditional defensive fortifications. The German invasion led to the occupation of Belgium for the duration of the war, with the country subjected to German rule and control. The occupation had profound consequences for the Belgian people, who faced the hardships of German rule and the imposition of Nazi policies. However, throughout the occupation, the spirit of resistance remained alive, as Belgians joined the ranks of the resistance movements, providing valuable support to the Allied cause. The fall of Belgium had a profound impact on France. With the northern flank exposed, the French military faced the threat of being outflanked and encircled by the advancing German forces. Panic began to spread among the French population, as they realized that their nation was in grave danger. With the German army advancing relentlessly, the situation for the British Expeditionary Force, BEF, and the remnants of the French army grew increasingly desperate. They found themselves trapped on the beaches of Dunkirk, with their backs to the English Channel. In a stroke of military brilliance, the British launched Operation Dynamo, a daring plan to evacuate the troops. A flotilla of naval vessels, supported by civilian boats, braved German air attacks in treacherous waters to rescue the stranded soldiers. The evacuation continued for nine days, under constant threat from the Luftwaffe, but in the end, over 300,000 troops were successfully evacuated to Britain. It was a miraculous operation that saved the bulk of the British army and provided a glimmer of hope amidst the chaos. Operation Dynamo was a remarkable and daring operation carried out by the British in May and June of 1940 during World War II. After the rapid German advance through Belgium and the Netherlands, the British Expeditionary Force, BEF, and a portion of the French army found themselves trapped and cornered on the beaches of Dunkirk. Cut off from retreat and under constant attack from the German Luftwaffe, their situation seemed dire. In response, Operation Dynamo was launched to rescue as many soldiers as possible using a combination of naval vessels, civilian boats, and any other available means. The operation was led by Vice Admiral Bertram Ramsey, a career naval officer in the British Royal Navy, and supported by a fleet of over 800 vessels. Ramsey had extensive experience and expertise in naval operations, particularly in amphibious warfare and naval logistics. Prior to his involvement in Dunkirk, he had been involved in various naval operations during World War I including the Gallipoli campaign and the landings at Cape Helles. In May 1940, Ramsey was appointed as the Vice Admiral in charge of naval operations for the British Expeditionary Force, BEF, in France. Recognizing the dire situation faced by the trapped troops in Dunkirk, Ramsey was tasked with organizing and leading the evacuation effort. Ramsey coordinated a vast array of naval vessels, including warships, destroyers, minesweepers, and civilian boats to carry out the evacuation. Under Ramsey's leadership, the evacuation operation was meticulously organized and executed. He established a command center in Dover, England, known as the Dynamo Room, 
from where he directed the naval operations and maintained communication with the troops and naval vessels involved in the rescue mission. The evacuation began on May 26, 1940, with a call for all available small boats to assist in the rescue efforts. Fishing boats, pleasure crafts, yachts, and even lifeboats responded to the call, sailing across the English Channel to the beaches of Dunkirk. Under constant air attacks and artillery fire, the evacuation proceeded amidst chaos and danger. The small boats ferried soldiers from the beaches to larger naval vessels waiting offshore, where they were transported back to England. The operation continued day and night, with the crews of the boats and ships working tirelessly to save as many lives as possible. The waters around Dunkirk became a scene of great bravery and humanity. Civilians and servicemen alike risked their lives to help others, with many making multiple trips across the treacherous waters to rescue stranded soldiers. The phrase Dunkirk spirit emerged to describe the resilience, determination, and selflessness displayed during the evacuation. Despite the constant threat of German attacks, the evacuation continued for nine days, until June 4, 1940. By the end of Operation Dynamo, over 338,000 soldiers had been rescued, far surpassing initial expectations. Among those rescued were not just British troops but also French, Belgian, and other Allied forces. The evacuation of Dunkirk was not without losses. British and French vessels were targeted by German aircraft and submarines, resulting in the sinking of numerous ships and the loss of many lives. Nevertheless, the operation was deemed a remarkable success, as the majority of the trapped troops were saved from capture or death. The evacuation of Dunkirk had profound implications for the war. While it was a military retreat, it provided a crucial morale boost for the Allied forces and the British public. It demonstrated the resilience and determination to continue the fight against Nazi Germany, despite the setbacks. The spirit of Dunkirk remains a powerful symbol of unity, heroism, and the indomitable human spirit in the face of adversity. The successful evacuation showcased the capacity of ordinary individuals to rise above the extraordinary and come together to achieve something remarkable. With the British safely evacuated, France was left to face the full force of the German onslaught and the Battle of France entered a critical phase. The remaining French and Allied forces faced the daunting task of continuing the defense against the advancing German army. The French military was determined to hold the line and protect their homeland. Under the leadership of General Maxime Vagon as commander-in-chief, the French and remaining Allied forces prepared to make a stand. Following the evacuation, the German forces regrouped and launched a renewed offensive on June 5, 1940 aiming to deliver a decisive blow to the French defenses. The Battle of France shifted to the central and southern regions of the country, where the German army sought to break through the fortified French lines. The French defensive strategy relied heavily on the fortified positions of the Maginot Line, which stretched along the eastern border. However, the German forces, under the command of General Erich von Manstein, skillfully maneuvered and bypassed the formidable fortifications, rendering them largely ineffective. 
the French lack the necessary mobility and anti-tank capabilities to effectively counter the German armored units. As the battle raged on, several key engagements took place. The Battle of Stan, a small village in northeastern France, saw intense fighting between French and German forces. The French put up a determined defense, but the relentless German assaults and superior firepower eventually forced them to withdraw. In another major battle, the Battle of the Aisne, the French attempted to halt the German advance along the Aisne River. The German forces, utilizing their superior tanks and air power, managed to break through the French lines and push deeper into French territory. Despite their tenacity, the French and remaining Allied forces faced significant challenges. Communication and coordination issues plagued their efforts, while German air superiority allowed the Luftwaffe to inflict heavy losses on the French and disrupt their supply lines. The fall of Paris seemed inevitable. Following the fall of Paris in June 1940, a new chapter in French history began with the establishment of Vichy France. Led by Marshal Philippe Pétain, Vichy France represented a collaborationist government that collaborated with Nazi Germany and sought to maintain a semblance of French sovereignty under German occupation. The government of Vichy France was established in the spa town of Vichy, located in the unoccupied part of France. Marshal Pétain, a respected World War I hero, became the chief of state, and a new constitutional framework was put in place. The Vichy regime presented itself as a government of national unity, with a focus on traditional values, order, and stability. The Vichy government, however, quickly revealed its true nature as a puppet regime controlled by Germany. Pétain, embracing an ideology of collaboration and appeasement, believed that working with the Germans would minimize the suffering and restore a measure of autonomy for France. Under Vichy rule, a series of laws and policies were enacted that aligned with Nazi ideology and objectives. Anti-Semitic laws were implemented, leading to the persecution and marginalization of Jewish individuals. Jews were excluded from certain professions, subjected to discriminatory measures, and eventually faced deportation to concentration camps. Vichy France also sought to assert control over its remaining colonies and territories. The government aimed to preserve the French Empire and maintain a degree of influence despite the occupation. However, the Vichy regime faced challenges in managing its overseas territories, with some regions, such as French Equatorial Africa, aligning themselves with the Free French Forces led by General Charles de Gaulle. Life under Vichy rule was characterized by collaboration, compromise, and repression. The government established a network of surveillance and repression to suppress dissent and maintain control. The Milis, a paramilitary force loyal to the Vichy regime, engaged in acts of violence and repression against the resistance movements and political opponents. Meanwhile, the French resistance, consisting of various clandestine networks and individuals, emerged as a symbol of defiance against the occupation. Resistance fighters engaged in acts of sabotage, intelligence gathering, and propaganda, working to undermine the Vichy regime and support the Allies. Amid the occupation and collaboration, a spark of resistance flickered. Not all French citizens accepted the surrender and the oppressive rule of the Nazis. 
a brave few, driven by a deep sense of patriotism and a refusal to accept defeat, formed the French resistance. Led by figures such as Jean Moulin, a charismatic and resourceful leader, the resistance operated in secret, organizing acts of sabotage, intelligence gathering, and propaganda dissemination. Resistance fighters targeted German installations, destroyed key infrastructure, and carried out clandestine operations to undermine the occupation forces. They operated in the shadows, constantly evading the watchful eyes of the Gestapo, the ruthless German secret police. The French resistance emerged as a powerful force during the occupation of France in World War II. Comprised of various clandestine networks, individuals, and political movements, the resistance represented the collective effort of French men and women who defied the German occupiers, fought against the collaborationist Vichy regime, and worked tirelessly to liberate their country. The French resistance took shape in the aftermath of the fall of France in 1940. While the German army occupied France, and the Vichy government collaborated with the Nazis, a sense of defiance and determination grew among those who refused to accept defeat. Resistance fighters operated covertly, organizing themselves into cells and networks. They engaged in a wide range of activities, including sabotage, intelligence gathering, propaganda, and acts of civil disobedience. Their aim was to undermine the occupiers, disrupt their operations, and support the Allied cause. One of the key figures in the French resistance was General Charles de Gaulle. On June 18, 1940, just days after the fall of Paris, de Gaulle made a radio broadcast from London, calling on the French people to resist the occupation and to rally behind him as the leader of the Free French Forces. De Gaulle's defiant message inspired many to join the resistance movement and uphold the ideals of a free France. The resistance operated under great risks and faced constant danger. They had to evade the surveillance of German intelligence agencies, the Vichy police, and the Milis, the paramilitary force loyal to the collaborationist regime. Many resistance members lived clandestine lives, relying on false identities and safe houses to protect themselves and their activities. Sabotage became a hallmark of the resistance. Resistance fighters targeted transportation networks, communication lines, and strategic infrastructure, seeking to disrupt German supply lines and hamper their military operations. Railway lines were sabotaged, factories were damaged, and acts of arson were carried out to hinder the German war machine. Intelligence gathering played a crucial role in the resistance's efforts. Resistance members collected information on German troop movements, supply routes, and military installations. This information was then relayed to the Allies, aiding in their strategic planning and contributing to the success of operations such as the D-Day landings. The resistance also played a significant role in assisting persecuted groups, particularly Jewish individuals. Underground networks provided hiding places, forged documents, and organized escape routes, saving countless lives from the horrors of deportation and extermination. The French resistance was not a monolithic entity but rather a diverse tapestry of individuals and groups. Communist, socialist, and liberal movements all contributed to the resistance efforts. 
women played a vital role as well, serving as couriers, propagandists, and fighters. Their contributions challenged societal norms and demonstrated the equality and determination of the resistance movement. While the French resistance fought a covert war within occupied territory, the tides of the global conflict were slowly turning in favor of the Allies. In 1942, the Allies achieved significant victories in North Africa, pushing back the Axis forces and gaining momentum. The Battle of Stalingrad, a turning point on the Eastern Front, saw the Soviets halt the German advance and inflict a devastating defeat on Hitler's forces. The news of these victories reached France, igniting hope and a renewed spirit of resistance among the population. Despite the ever-present dangers and the constant threat of reprisals from the Germans, the liberation of Paris in August 1944 would ultimately mark the beginning of the end of German occupation in France. As the Allied forces pushed onward, liberating towns and cities throughout the country, the French people rejoiced. The streets of Paris were filled with jubilant crowds, waving flags, and cheering for their long-awaited freedom. The legacy of the French resistance was one of bravery, sacrifice, and resilience. The men and women who fought in the underground network had risked their lives to preserve the spirit of France and protect their fellow citizens. They had worked tirelessly to gather intelligence, carry out acts of sabotage, and inspire hope in a nation that had been plunged into darkness. The efforts of the resistance had played a crucial role in weakening the German occupation, providing valuable support to the Allied forces, and ensuring the eventual liberation of France. The resistance fighters, known as Machizards, became national heroes and symbols of French defiance against oppression. With the end of the war, France faced the immense task of rebuilding the nation and reconciling with its troubled past. The collaborationist Vichy regime was discredited and its leaders faced prosecution for their collaboration with the Nazis. The nation had to come to terms with the devastating consequences of the Holocaust, as the atrocities committed against Jews and other minorities were revealed. France embarked on a path of reconstruction, both physically and morally. The war had taken a heavy toll on the country's infrastructure, with cities reduced to rubble and a devastated economy. However, the French people demonstrated their resilience and determination to rebuild their nation. Moreover, the experience of World War II led to a renewed commitment to democratic values, human rights, and international cooperation. France became one of the founding members of the United Nations, seeking to prevent future conflicts and promote peace worldwide. The country also played a 